Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about the Sea of Thieves 2022 preview event that we had back on the 27th of January. I'm going to be breaking down the video and talking about some of the things that I think we can expect thanks to the roadmap that we got, as well as a bunch of other stuff going on. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast and signed up to support me as far as the podcast goes. So I wanted to shout out and thank El Cute, Captain Hasco, Chateau Neuf, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Jamie, Trickster, Jabaro5, Kazia the Rogue, King Flameheart, Lumpy SRQ, Okarian Darth, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Registella, Russ Bell Kid, Savage Hamster, Norwegian, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Uriel Canes, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronot Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Fergatron, Murphy Lives, Neon, Evil Martha, oh sorry, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Skinny Matt, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Void, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow, thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough for everything that you're doing for the podcast. So thank you so much for that. It's been an interesting week over on the Sea of Thieves. We've had a lot of folks uh, talk about how upset they were with Arena being deleted uh, and a lot of folks jumping into Arena to try and knock out some of those last commendations before they're gone to try and get those pirate legend weapons. Uh, I wanted to get a couple of the achievements that I wanted uh, done that were the easier ones, like sitting in the hot tub or uh, playing music together on the stage, uh, just to play some of those. So I did jump in, play some more Arena. Um, I can definitely say that I am still glad that Arena is being closed down uh, after playing a few matches uh there's a latency that's that's tacked on to arena that is just really weird i'm not sure why but i think it's just kind of the the degradation of the mode not really getting attention so it's not quite as snappy as adventure but overall it always felt like uh with the the mode that we were playing um there was always at least two to three ships that just were not participating in the standard mode. Uh, there was always like one or two ships, uh, maybe three, that would be super, super sweaty. And it would be a race to try and get, you know, to, to the top in that case. And the rest would all head over to the fort and just start killing each other and doing TDM. Uh, so it was, it's kind of a mixed bag right now. And and I'm I'm glad that people are working on it. It's, it's seen a lot of renewed uh, joy for people being able to get those knocked out now that they know that they need to get that done uh and it's and it's kind of a bummer because you know you would hope that with it with it leaving in march that you you would hope that people would have played this beforehand that they would have gotten their time in there but this really does kind of speak to what i genuinely think is just the fact that this mode uh what has served its purpose um, I wanted to talk a little bit before I dived into the preview event about Arena. We had a really good discussion with it. And one of the, the topics that I haven't really heard talked about too much is uh, it being a, a core part of the mode and, and it being removed. And 
Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I think Arena needs to go now. And I think that's because uh, back when the game first came out, we were uh, leading into the first year and everyone was kind of rushing to try and get the first year of content done. Uh, it was completely brand new. They scrapped all their plans and they worked on the Hungering Deep, the Curse Sails, the uh, Forsaken Shores, and then they were working on the Arena, but the Arena wouldn't be in time uh, so they went with, uh, they had Shrouded Spoils kind of be the the new of, or the last uh, uh, thing that they were going to do. When Arena came out, uh, what Arena did was really try to kind of give players an opportunity for a more competitive mode that was shorter, that offered quicker sessions to jump in and play when you didn't have time to set sail for a full voyage. When you get in, it used to be 24 minutes or one full day. Uh, there would be multiple multiple islands with multiple maps everyone got the same map and everyone knew where the x's were there were no beacons on the x's but you could go and dig up the chests and if you went and dug up the chests you could either hide them or stash them on your ship and it was up to you and the other five crews to decide how you were going to play the game were you going to hunt down other people were you going to go for chests were you going to try and steal chests things like that things that i think uh talking would have been a, a much interesting more idea of a of a mode or a, a mechanic or a, a play style had that uh, had that arena mode persisted. So we never got truly or like a, a full fleshed out arena. We never got different modes. Uh, we never had Briggs integrated into the mode. Uh, we we tested out the ability to have multiple types of ships, uh, but that didn't work out for some reason. And eventually they just kind of pared down arena to one or two chests that had a beacon. You knew exactly where they were and you would go after the ships that had them or try and uh, turn in the, the chests themselves. And it just didn't become quite as fun. Well, what happened since then was that Rare continued work on adventure. They continued adding quality of life changes, uh, additional content, and eventually they started getting to the point where they had a healthy rotation of different types of world events and they were enabling players to be able to get uh, supplies and quests quicker, both with the bulletin boards, with the messages in the bottle, then they came out with shrines, they came out with uh, different voyage types for the different trade companies, and they gave us uh, storage crates as well as commodity crates. We were able to purchase supplies right off the bat. We were able to gather supplies quicker and because of that it's now a lot easier to go around and get what you need to get on a voyage uh, with the barrel 2.0 system we're no longer relegated to just the standard 100 bananas 100 planks and 300 cannonballs uh, for ships anymore now we can have just about anything uh, that we can carry on our ship at any given time and organize it however we want so the enrichment of adventure has done the things that it needed to do and gotten to the state where people now have a lot more freedom and a lot quicker access not only to the voyages and to the gold and, and to other players but additionally the quality of life features with uh, supplies and being able to uh, get your ship in order and get it set up to go on a voyage quicker uh, we have quicker access to tall tales now there's now portals everywhere around the outposts when you spawn in you have a full five set of tall tales that you can log into right off the bat so the story is made accessible through that as well too so 
when you look at what the goal of Arena was, well, Arena was intended to uh, have a competitive mode for events, say like uh, Guardian Con or uh, uh, let's see, E3, um, PAX, things like that. They used to go to a lot of those conventions and have uh, different competitions. Well, thanks to Coconut Fever, that has no longer been a thing. Uh, conventions are now done online. So there's no really, there's not really a good reason to, you know, take the team and ship them out somewhere to go to a different convention, you know, take a bunch of rowboats or uh, some of the statues from the studio and go have some good rare competitions on Microsoft's bill. And unfortunately, because of that, Paired with the idea that a lot of the quality of life features and a lot of the content that's come to adventure has really removed the need for a quick drop in and go uh, type of gameplay style, there's not as much need for what Arena was trying to do. As we get into 2022 or hashtag SOT22, if you uh, watch the video, then we can kind of see what they're looking to do. Um, they're looking to try and build out seasons. Now that they've had a year's worth of experience with seasons and they have a gauge on how long it should take for people to complete them, what type of events people are looking to have with them, and they've gotten some of this stuff out and worked out some of the kinks, they now have a better understanding of how they want to go forward with their seasons. And I think this is going to be a lot better for the game overall. It's going to feel a lot more like your traditional uh, uh, season-based games. And again, I always feel like I go back to this, but Destiny 2 is a is probably the best. There's a reason why Sony bought them. They are currently probably the best when it comes to releasing story-based content with cosmetics and incentive to log on in a regular basis. Uh, a lot of their stuff is, is, I would say, bloated as far as trying to min-max your characters when you're playing it. But thanks to a game like Sea of Thieves where you don't have power levels, everyone is at the same level, you can really kind of focus in on a couple things. Reputation and renown, ledger position and cosmetics, gold and fun. Those are those are probably like the five or six things that you would want to, to worry about when you're getting into Sea of Thieves. What's the story like? How can you have fun? How can you make some gold? And then make sure that you're working your way through the seasons and the ledgers. And with that, I think they've done a good job. So let's start breaking down some of this preview event so we can get you an idea of what came with the preview event and why I think this is definitely uh, going to be a year to rival a year that came in 2021 where we had an entire five new tall tales centered around Pirates of the Caribbean. Come to join me crew lad, welcome aboard. So we're going to be breaking down a couple things that they did talk about in this video right off the bat, and that's going to be adventures and mysteries. Uh, Mike Chapman sat down to talk about adventures, which are going to be a uh, story-driven live event that's going to be about two weeks, and it's going to happen each month. So expect at least two weeks out of each month uh, to be dedicated to some of the stuff that's going on. Uh, there's going to be multiple chapters within these adventures, and they're going to use these to try and tell an overarching story over the course of a season. Uh, this is something where I'm excited to see that uh, Lorena is going to be a lot more active. She's going to have a lot more uh, voice dialogue, and we're going to start getting some cinematics and stuff to kind of break down some of the stuff that we saw. 
In the video right off the bat, we've already seen that they are going to be doing some stuff that's going on uh, with uh, Golden Sands uh, Outpost. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about that when they give a little bit of a sneak peek later in the video, talking about what the first adventure is going to be falling or going around. One of the things that I did see in the video that I thought was kind of interesting is uh, a character was fighting a phantom, but the phantom looked like it was actually from the Reaper's Bones uh, hideout. It looked like they had the mask with the hood and it didn't seem like that made a whole lot of sense considering that the characters that we've seen so far dealing with phantoms are pirate spirits that are coming through the veil uh, between Sea of the Damned and Sea of Thieves and we've been fighting them as opposed to anyone that represents a specific trade company like the Reaper's Bones. One of the interesting things that I found out about these adventures is that while these are only lasting two weeks and there's going to be three within a season at the end of each season there's going to be a finale and this was kind of represented by uh, a look at the golden sands outpost the one where it had been uh, attacked and everyone had boarded up their shops uh, and there was a small mysterious compass that you picked up that would eventually take you on a journey uh, leading you to whatever it was um, it's uh, the one of the interesting things that mike talked about was that the community is going to be responsible for the outcome of this story and that people will be able to take on different sides uh, they didn't say what sides that they would that you would be able to help take uh, i'm sure that's going to vary based on where the story is being taken but it definitely uh, kind of talked about how this is going to be something that is either Flameheart or Pirate Lord based. Uh, it seems like the Reapers and the Pirate Lords are going to be two factions that we've uh, been asking for some sort of bout between. Uh, you know, I've been asking why the Pirate Lord has been so complacent with all the stuff that's been going on in the Sea of Thieves. I was told that that was not going to be the case for uh, forever and that Ramses was definitely going to be having a more direct influence on what happens. Uh, and we've been seeing that uh, there's been more change going on again and again with the Reaper's hideout as well as uh, well not the Reaper's hideout but with Flameheart and and having that story progress forward uh, with the the orb stream that we got back in December and as a result of what we're doing in the world uh, it seems like this is how it's going to impact uh, what happens in the world so if things change uh, it's probably going to be directly related to how we interact with it so it'll be really interesting to see where the community goes um, my main concern of course is is so if this is something that is going to be impacted by uh, either gold turned in or actions taken if it's actions taken I, I like that approach more because it's less sway by whatever uh, alliance servers are out there doing because alliance servers will always kind of go for how much gold they can make per hour and less about what actually uh, will will be the reason why players will want to come and actually interact with the world. So I'm hoping that it's more activity-based and we did see a little bit of that so far. So on some of the video that we've seen from this uh, this trailer was that there are going to be these uh, spectral lanterns or, or um, braziers and the braziers themselves are going to be something these beacons that you can light uh, with the, the flame of fate I think is, is just the green flame that you get from the sea of the damned and based on that you will uh, fight oncoming enemies I would assume or take on different uh, events or challenges and stuff and it looks like 
like these are going to be things that happen around a different islands. Now, we already know about Golden Sands Outpost being one of the center points for this. The other one that we saw in the video was uh, Shipwreck Bay, which is interesting given just how much happens at Shipwreck Bay as it is. It's already a, a site for a tall tale. It's a near location for a shrine. There's also the uh, Grey Morrow stuff that can happen there as well. Um, so a lot going over on Shipwreck Bay, I think because maybe it is a more centralized location as opposed to say something like uh uh old faithful um which seems to be pretty out in the out in the, the way for a lot of stuff so a lot of history a lot of magic going on over on uh shipwreck bay so that kind of makes sense <laughs> Until we know more, we won't really find out exactly what's going to be going on as far as uh, the, the adventures go. But we do know that that is starting on, I believe, the 17th of February and going till March 3rd. So really excited to see how that's going to turn out. I'm, I'm really I'm just really happy the fact that we're actually going to be getting a story on a regular basis. This was something that they've wanted to do. This is something that they tried out in the second year of Sea of Thieves uh, when we when we were told that we were going to be getting monthly cadences uh, we started getting some of that in the form of the different voyages the mercenary voyages came out and we started getting most most of those and then we started getting the bilge rat uh, voyages later it's it's been something that they are constantly kind of working on and trying to figure out what the best method of delivery is i feel like uh the seasons gives them the best way to plan out for this a good time frame uh and a steady cadence the the biggest trouble right now is not necessarily what comes with the actual story or the telling of it but really just the server stability and the issues that are going on with making sure that matchmaking is working and things like that uh there's a lot going on with the game right now they are trying to make sure that they are getting things fixed so that come this anniversary update uh, hopefully with the new adventure that we're going to be getting as well as the removal of uh, arena that things will hopefully start to kind of become more stable uh, that's that's the hope i know they're working really hard to try and get these things under control and we're going to be getting a, a, a podcast on the 11th of february from the devs themselves addressing some of these key topics and what's going on hopefully we will get some substantial information about what we can expect uh, on fixes for these as well as them talking more about like why these things are happening what's causing them uh, what players can or may be able to do to try and help uh, dissuade this I I would love to understand like what causes these issues and things like that because it it seems like it is definitely on a monthly basis if not on a week by week issue where something is is crawled up as a, a, a as a result of these server stability issues so I'm hoping that with next next week's episode, We'll get the uh, we'll get the podcast uh, from them. We'll be able to kind of hear what they have to say and then be able to interpret based on that what we can expect and how realistic uh, some of the, the things that they talk about are going to be for us to to see some changes uh, in in the world in the near future. 
Next, let's talk about mysteries. Uh, Joe Neat joined us on the preview event to talk about mysteries. This was a really cool thing to kind of get an idea of what's going to be going on with the game when it comes to social media. We've already seen some of this in the past, so it's not anything that we're unfamiliar with. If you've been following any situation where uh, or any content creator out there making content for Sea of Thieves, we've been talking about this for a while with the runes. We've been, we've been talking about this uh, with the, the different uh, Twitter posts as well as the Instagram photos that they've been sending out that have been hiding uh, different symbols that mean different things. We're going to be seeing a lot more as far as these ARGs go out. So, and if you're not familiar with an ARG, uh, the the Wikipedia basically says that it's an alternate reality game, which is basically using the real world as opposed to the video game to convey a story or st storytelling through different means of media, whether it be uh, different social media platforms through uh, physical things that they sell um, th it's mostly through videos and social media for the most part but these are all things get that can be impacted by the the actual players or, or the community in this sense so whatever we figure out and there's a lot of people that are staying on very staying on top of this and keeping very good logs about this uh, to try and make sure uh, that, that anything that gets posted is kind of recorded and then sussed out we try and break down the details of it and look for things uh, as we skim am, uh, images. And I know uh, James over on the social media team, I think was the one that was kind of heading up the skeleton runes. Uh, so I, I know that a lot of folks have been enjoying uh, how that kind of breaks down. I try to cover that stuff once everyone's kind of worked it out. If, if I haven't worked it out myself to try and make sure that I'm keeping you up to date with that kind of information as well, because as they are working on these mysteries, they are going to be telling story uh, to try and let us know what the future of the, the, the Sea of Thieves is going to be like. So while we're working on stuff that is currently being told to us, uh, the mysteries are going to help clue in what we can expect in the future. Next up on today's docket, let's dive into a look into the next season, season six's content. Uh, this is one that I think is going to be huge, actually. I'm very excited to see how this goes. I think this is going to really kind of uh, take place during the fourth year anniversary of Sea of Thieves, and I think it's going to add a lot of stuff that a lot of people have been looking forward to. So uh, right off the bat, let's talk about sea forts. Uh, sea forts are these structures. There's going to be six of them around the world. There's going to be three different themes, and they're going to be brought in as a result of memories from the Sea of the Damned. So the three themes you can uh, expect correlate to the different seas that we have in the game with the wilds, the ancient isles, and the shores of plenty. Uh, the wilds are going to be something that is more of a prison themed. Uh, abandoned forts are going to be reclaimed by nature. Those are going to be in the shores of plenty from what I understand. And then the standard forts uh, are the Spanish style ones that are in the ancients. I don't have those last two in for sure because uh, they, they kind of didn't specify what seas those were going to be in but when they did show the spanish forts uh, those were next to plunder valley which is in the ancient sea so i'm assuming that the uh, spanish forts are going to be uh, in there i'm kind of wondering if maybe they are going to split up the abandoned forts in the spanish forts maybe mix them too because i know that there are definitely some uh, spanish forts or some structures say like on wanderers refuge uh, that would would kind of correlate to the the those structures being built up in the past for 
for there. But there's also some overgrown nature with places like uh, the Devil's, uh, or I would say more like uh, Cannon Cove uh, or... Um, Thieves Haven would be better to talk uh, or to speak to the the abandoned forts that have been reclaimed by nature. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of those are mixed and that the uh, prison themed ones are relegated to the wilds. The design of these is intended to really speak to content that is uh, less of a, a world event, something that you can find out in the world. There's going to be set locations very much like treasuries or shrines uh, when they are active. They're not something that people will be able to uh, notice easily you'll probably have to be near them to realize that they're actually active and they're designed to be for single player or small crew experiences so uh, galleons uh, could probably still do those but definitely the way that the sea forts look is uh, they're intended to try and uh, give someone an opportunity to do something in sea of thieves that isn't going to be subject to uh, a, a big thing in the sky pointing at it and saying hey let's go pv for this pve loot which i like i like that they're willing to give uh players that like the more pve focused content and experience and even with one of the spanish style forts that was over by plunder valley you could see that you could actually row a rowboat into the fort itself uh there was a gate that was active i think when the forts are active you'll be able to see the turrets lit up you'll be able to see uh, uh the braziers lit around it and that will kind of be its subtle indication that the fort is occupied uh, so when you go over there you could either drop someone off with a rowboat or hide your ship uh, at a bigger island say down by uh, what would be a good one discovery ridge you could hide your ship over there take a rowboat over to the sea fort and then go work on the sea fort load up everything in the rowboat and either take it to uh, plunder outpost or take it back to your ship and sail over to uh, a, you know someplace to go turn it in things like that uh, i like the idea that they're that they're trying to build a uh, content that caters to single player experiences things that will give uh, single or single players or single sloops more opportunity to uh, take advantage of event-like systems uh, outside of trying to need like a big crew to be able to do like a treasury or a fort or uh, what are some of the other ones like a flame heart things like that so an ash and winds uh, event so having sea forts helps try and cater to the varied crew size for this not to say that galleons can't really take advantage of that i'm sure they would probably just finish it up faster uh, than a single player crew. What are you going to be fighting when in these is a, a probably the next best question to answer and it's going to be phantoms with a sea fort captain. So imagine a mini fort uh, in or a mini raid kind of situation where you're going to be working your way through this uh, sea fort. Um, this is a concept that I think a lot of MMO players are very comfortable with. Uh, we're used to going into dungeons and working our way through a bunch of trash to our trash mobs I should say to get to the the actual boss and then kill the boss for the sake of the loot in this instance uh we're taking hints of that and we're giving uh they're giving us enemies that we'll have to defeat as we work our way further and further through this uh this these sea forts uh to get to the the sea captain to be able to clear it out and get the treasury uh, uh loot from there i really love the look of this they've done something where 
they've taken a common structure and they've engineered it so that they understand that there are going to be larger areas where you can uh, have fights take place with choke points so that much like with the fort uh, doors on a standard skeleton fort you can use those as kind of a bottleneck for skeletons i think that will be the same case for these uh sea forts as well so i love that they're taking some time to really kind of decorate these this has always been one of the things about sea thieves that I think has always been uh, lacking in that that pirate aesthetic is we've always had structures and they've been they've done a really good job of the few wooden structures that we've had on outposts being very well decorated. But now that we're getting some of these larger structures coming in from the memories of the Sea of Thieves uh, or the Sea of the Damned, we'll be able to see like a, an, an idea of what would these look like if they were inhabited by people back in the day. And we'll actually get a little bit more of a look of like you know what a proper fort should look like when we when we get to them and i'm really excited for this I, I really think that these are going to be fun i think that they're going to serve as a good way to drop in and drop out of of play for sea of thieves especially like myself if you uh, like to jump on for a little bit and just go grab some treasure and then you know take it over and sell it and then not have to spend like another three or four hours on the seas if you just want to drop in and drop out it's one of the few things that i do when i'm playing uh anytime i i have like an urge to to jump on and do some gaming i always think about the couple games that i can jump in real quick do a couple things and then be done with it so destiny 2 heroes of the storm you know halo multiplayer things like that are great for me to, to just get that like that feeling of, of like ah oh, you know i just i want to grab a controller i want to i want to hop on the computer and i just want to get something like something competitive knocked out and having a sea fort like that i think would be a great way because just looking at here i can already tell that they've got some barrels set up some ammo crates uh, set up so that you don't necessarily have to get stocked up the way you used to back in the first year to really kind of do any kind of event you you feel like you can get most of what you want out of these right as you head up to it and you don't necessarily have to stock up a lot I think one of the really cool things that we found out as a result of this video too is the explanation for these sea forts. Uh, hearing that they're coming from memories of pirates from the Sea of the Damned, knowing that that will be explained uh, through the lore is is really kind of exciting. Uh, it's clear that they have a plan for how this is going to play out. Uh, in the video, they do talk about how pirate legends are going to be getting new content. We're finally going to be getting a bunch of new voyages. Uh, they say that the voyages aren't going to be are, are going to be repeatable but they're not going to be the same um, i would take that with a grain of salt as much as i love them I, I do think that eventually people will start to notice some sort of repetition even if they have some sort of system involved to try and uh cycle through very different tasks the way like uh you know no no uh, merchant animal crate uh voyage is going to be the same you're going to run into varying types that you need to do and varying uh, uh, quantities and stuff that you have to do but looking at what they're talking about here this is really interesting because uh, back during the orb stream we found out that there was a thing called the veil of ancients uh, or, or a masked veil of ancients a veil a, a mask of veiled ancients we're not quite sure or I'm, I can't quite recall what the exact name is we saw a firework that kind of depicted that and then with the orb stream we actually saw the mask itself next to a reaper's chest now as we see this video we find out that much like the shroud breaker this is a, a magical relic that we are going to be uh, adding gemstones to very similar to the shroud breaker in, instead of uh, us having it mounted on our ship and then adding a stone to it 
Uh, we always just took the stone to someone and then they put it into the Shroud Breaker until the very end of the Tall Tales for the original nine, uh, where we got the Shroud Breaker for the ninth one as we sailed to the Shores of Gold. In this case, Rare is building upon the technology that they had for a pirate's life, in which case you will be using the Veil of Ancient Masks or the uh, the ancient... You know what? I'm going to pause the podcast. I'm going to look this up because it's bugging me. Okay. I, lo- I looked it up. It's Veil of the Ancients. It's a, it's a mask that is in the game uh, when this update comes out, and we'll be adding gemstones to it. And then as we add a gemstone to it, what that will do is it will have a character, most likely uh, the Pirate Lord, but I would not be surprised if we started to see other characters, uh, probably Belle or uh, maybe Gloria could come back since she's a Revenant as well, uh, and just a, an opportunity to have that character character that is tied to the voyage through this story quest uh, joining us on our voyage much in the same way that Jack was a ghost or a person uh, depending on when you did those stories joining us on the actual voyage to uh, to what we're working on so we're seeing some interesting stuff with this video stuff that's not really explained like when you put a, a crystal in the veil the pirate led or the pirate lord shows up on your boat we're also hearing Mike talk about going through different voyages as far as like exploring shipwrecks out in the ocean i think that'll be really great that's always something that i know a lot of us have enjoyed uh is kind of swimming through a bunch of different wrecks throughout the the world and stuff and we also see these weird kind of sea of the damned looking statues these statues look like they are based on the ancients because of the the pedestal and the clothing and the design that they have and they're they're kind of emanating this pulse of green glow throughout the world And it doesn't really explain what these are, but it is clear that the reason we are seeing these is uh, because of a the ferryman's lantern uh, that the pirate is holding up. So the pirate is holding up the ferryman's lantern very much in the same way that Seabound Soul had us walking around uncovering secrets with the ferryman's lantern to find out what happened to the different uh, uh, ships. Uh, Also, I think it was the fate of the Morning Star when we originally uh, exhumed the ferryman's curse or ferryman's uh, body took the the lantern from that body and then walked around to find out what happened to the crew of the morning star i'm glad that we're going back to uh using this this was something i i remembered i talked to uh, uh to mike specifically about how i loved this nature of uncovering secrets of the past using this around the world and that i was i was uh bummed out that we didn't have the or that we just had this for uh the the old faithful island um they then used it for uh the seabound soul and i i told him i was always i was always loving the idea of wouldn't it be cool if uh for briggsy's past before she was cursed uh she she was one of the people that had skewered a kraken at crooked masts and her ship sank there but she also killed the kraken and if you go over there you can actually see the uh, the remains of the Kraken that was uh, pierced by Briggsy's ship. And that is a part of history that we don't get to experience. But wouldn't it be cool if we had the Ferryman's Lantern and we could see that through the past, through these uh, uh, these shadows, these, these uh, specters, and be able to experience things that happened before we got there uh, with the Ferryman's Lantern to kind of see into the past through these echoes uh, using the, the fate of flames. Um, so things like that, I feel like they are starting to implement with the story. And it's really exciting to see that because it's something uh, that, that I've wanted to do 
I've wanted to see, you know, what, how the, how the world progressed or how the world is going to progress or things that might have happened, especially with the ancients and how mysterious they are. We don't know much about them. And I think that's going to play a big part in the telling of stories as we get further and further into this next year, into this fourth year, uh, to see just exactly what role they played when the Sea of, the sea of Thieves was being created. Are they responsible for the Shroud? We don't know, but that could be something that we find out. We also found out that the first mystery, uh, as far as I can recall, is going to deal with uncovering the uh, death of a character that is very beloved in Sea of Thieves. Now, there's been uh, an interview that went out with uh, Joni and Miles uh, Dompierre, who is from Windows Central. Uh, he had Joe on for his Chatterday episode, and they talked about how uh, Mike Chapman at one point suggested that they kill off uh, Shelly the Crab. This was, or Leonardo uh, DiPincio, I think was uh, Captain Jay's uh, name for him, but Shelly seems to be the one that everyone goes with, or is at least canonical from the studio themselves. So Mike had said that it would have been uh, an interesting turn to uh, actually kill off Shelly, which I know would be just as heartbreaking as uh, everyone realizing that Duke was actually a Dark Lord the whole time, except for me. I would be bummed out if Shelly was killed, so I'm, I'm don't, I don't think that that is the route that they're going to take. But the the working theory that I have right now is that with Belle being a character that is coming in from the Sea of the Damned and having a history with Ramses to the point where she basically tells him to sit down and, and not worry about what's going to happen, she's going to take care of everything like Mary Poppins, then I think uh, we are going to find out exactly how Ramses ended up with both A, the gunshot wound to his gut and the three daggers that are in his back. Because I do think that there is a, a very interesting story to be told about why there are three daggers in Ramses' back that have never been mentioned. And I think that is the mystery that we are going to be slowly uncovering for this murder mystery that they're bringing to the game and i i love the idea of this too i think it's great that they are uh kind of telling us little bits of story you know it's almost like they went and saw knives out and thought you know like what would be a good way for us to reveal some of the history in sea of thieves and they thought well wouldn't it be cool if we had like a nancy drew or a a, a kind of inspector gadget style uh, uh you know in, in or not uh inspector gadget that's probably a bad reference but um you know, having a murder mystery like uh, uncover in the Sea of Thieves to kind of give us an idea. We we had some of these mysteries kind of presented to us, but they've always been uh, a little removed from where we had uh, the agency to be able to uncover some of this information. Like when we found out about the mysterious stranger, we didn't really have a way to impact it. We we were impacting it in a sense that she was a turn in point for uh, treasure, but that didn't really like there wasn't really a a sense of of like we feel the progression of this outside of stuff would change and we would always be catching up we'd always be a step behind with a murder mystery it feels like we will have an opportunity to uh, have us uh, progress the story the way that they are are planning to reveal that 
based on how quickly we're able to reveal stuff. So I'm very curious to see like how quickly we can kind of get to the answers that we're looking for uh, based on the ARGs that they're setting up for us and how will that affect things in the game based on their their trajectory for these uh, for these seasons. It did feel like one of the things that is coming with these pirate legend uh, voyages is they are going to be touching on what I what I talked about a little bit before, uh, which was the haunted islands, which I, I love the idea of these haunted islands. It's such a Sea of Thieves has such a good job or does such a good job at, at creating these atmospheres in these islands. And, uh, you know, having some of these these kind of uh, deserted islands with the, the creepy music, especially on like Reaper's uh, Reaper's hideout, um, they can really set the tone for certain things. And, and you feel that when you go certain places, too. So having things like Haunted Island, something that I know harkens back to uh, the, the the bald lady at uh, Crook's uh, Crooked no crooks hollow yeah crooks hollow uh back in the day was such a fun thing that was going around in the sea of Thieves community that was completely fabricated by all of us like we all kind of like built that up to to be what it was so the fact that they're pulling things like that and slowly starting to integrate it into the future of sea of thieves really does speak to just how connected uh, sea of Thieves' desire or, or Rare's desire to have Sea of Thieves be something that is an expression of the community uh, to come to uh, uh, the, the future of the game when they're actually planning it out in the future. And I, I love that they're taking that kind of stuff into account because plenty of us have had tons and tons of ideas that we've shared with the devs. And I know from, from at least my perspective, I'm seeing things that I've talked to the devs about that is, is starting to kind of come to the game. And it's not not necessarily the exact thing that I said, but it's definitely stuff that I've talked about that they saw some little bit that would have been cool if they could use that and then put it in there. So while I can't sit there and point to things as as cute in like Duke uh, and say like, oh, that was my idea. I can definitely say like, oh, I'm glad that that the the idea that I shared three years ago is being brought to the game in a way that seems like something that i i might have been able to have some influence in which as a as a regular person just a guy that plays video games being able to to have that feeling is is it's it's invaluable it's amazing to think that i've had any kind of influence on a video game at all uh, but to see these things kind of come through and know that rare is willing to trust their community with these kind of uh these kind of opportunities it's it's really awesome like the pirate legends now the pirate legends of the game the ones the ones that have been around the ones that we've been uh kind of resting on our laurels because there hasn't really been anything for us uh we are finally getting an opportunity to uh really kind of live up to that name we are going to be the ones that are responsible for uh, the world changing as it is. Our actions are going to be the thing that actually determines what happens to these haunted islands, what happens in the future of Sea of Thieves. And to have that responsibility uh, on the Pirate Legends really does kind of speak to the trust of Rare. Now, I will say that that I, I am waxing poetic here because I am assuming that as a company, the company has to make things interesting. They have plans. They 
have expectations and they are gauging uh, a certain margin of error for a lot of this. So things may change. We may impact things, but don't expect us to be able to change like the number of ships on a server or a man of war coming to the game or uh, working doors on the galleon, things like that. You know, just just expect that in certain areas of the world during a certain time areas will change as a result of our actions and i would not be surprised if they revert back or or uh, progress further in the future depending on how people like it i think a lot of that is going to be determined by the community's actions as a whole not the uh the the small number of influencers in the community that play on a regular basis so the one concern I have always comes back to now the the fact that uh, Alliance servers are a thing and that they do kind of uh, change up how things happen in the world. I hope that they don't influence too much. Uh, and I hope that Rare is, is taking a look at how that, you know, where they can kind of find, you know, how much gold is being done, what things are being done, and then try and, and try and segregate that from the way the game is impacted based on the story stuff. Uh, especially with the pirate legend content. Cupid works hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code KEELHALT for 20% off and free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. So I've been using their products, uh, which was provided to them for a couple weeks now. And I got to say, um, we're, we're definitely not pirates. So if you have a sword at home and you've been trying to do this stuff with a sword, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. We're not living in the golden age of piracy anymore. You don't have to use a sword for this sort of stuff. In fact, you don't even have to use a razor blade. In fact, you probably shouldn't even be using the trimmer that you're using now. You should probably pick up one of these ones because I've been using it for two weeks. I like this. I did my other razor blade and my uh and my trimmer because they are they pale in comparison to these things these things quality the build that they give you is nice i've never had an inductive charging razor uh, trimmer in in my entire life that i can actually use near water and not have to worry about it freaking out on me because i'm like near water or anything so that's really cool uh but yeah not living in the past living in the future if you're not taking care of yourself you're not only are you doing a disservice to your own ego but you're really doing a disservice to your loved ones and especially with february 14th coming up right around the corner why not serve those uh by better say serving yourself in my opinion so uh definitely i'm going to read you some some talking points real quick because i want to make sure i hit the uh, the verbatim stuff that they like and yeah gonna gonna talk about those but yeah overall really surprised at how good the the build stuff is like i, I did not expect how good quality the products are going to be i i was anticipating lesser quality man really surprised by that so cool stuff i like it I like it. It's good. You should get it. The Performance Package 4.0 will leave you with more dating app notifications than Cupid has arrows. This lovely bundle comes equipped with the best tools needed when freshening up for a night on the town. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. 
This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000 LED spotlight that's bright enough to shine a light to your true love this year. Confucius says, education breeds confidence. So it's time you get educated on the ultimate grooming routine for all your areas of romance this year. This package also includes the Weed Whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, their Shed Travel Bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys cool and collected. Let's not just focus on your southern regions for this time of year. The Manscaped Refined Cologne is the cherry on top for the perfect date package. It offers a masculine yet light scent that will leave your ladies speechless. For extra freshness, the performance package also includes Manscaped's liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. This deodorant works wonders out of the shower, while the toner is perfect on-the-go weapon that is designed to keep your goods smelling wonderful all day and all night long. Manscaped has you covered this Valentine's Day. Get yourself the gift that you and your date will both appreciate. Go to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off and free shipping with the code KEELHALD. Remember, you can't buy love, but you can buy a clean pair of balls. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KEELHALD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code KEELHALD. Help tame the love jungle you have in your pants with Manscaped. All right, you guys have hung out for a good while hearing me talk about what we can expect with season six, some of the theories behind that and what we can expect going into the next few months. But this was kind of a big update because believe it or not, we actually got the first roadmap that we've ever gotten since the first year. The first year was a roadmap that gave us hungering deep uh curse sales tall tales uh or not tall tales uh forsaken shores we had an idea that they they wanted to go about having build rat updates every couple weeks uh or, or between the big updates to kind of keep people uh in, engaged with the game and this is the first time that we've had that it's hard to make a roadmap because things always change plans always work out or always work out differently than you expect and there's always going to be complications there may be attention that gets uh, drawn away from content and things may have to get pushed out or changed or cut as a result of that so putting a one-year uh, roadmap out there for players sets an expectation and when that expectation isn't met it really does kind of rub uh, the community the wrong way they, they really have a hard time letting go of it and if you don't believe me go back and watch a video about the exploration of what Sea of Thieves is and listen to the conversation or the the uh, discussion around captaincy nowadays and how people still have expectations for what captaincy is and what it's going to entail because for a long time people have had these expectations they want this stuff and it hasn't been delivered on because things change and ever since the game launched they've had to rework everything that they planned on doing so uh, kudos to the team for feeling confident enough in the next year to be able to speak to what's going to be coming down the line with season six, 
season seven, six, season eight, and season nine, uh, with season six launching in March, season seven launching in June, season eight launching in September, and then season nine launching in December. So with season six, here are the main bullet points, and these are going to be uh, things that, that we can expect on a regular basis. So uh, I, I will cover some of these in, in length and some of these not in length. Uh, so with season six, we're going to be getting sea forts and pirate legend content. We're going to be getting the additional uh, voyages for pirate legends like i talked about in the mini mini raids that are the sea forts along with three new adventures and bear in mind those are going to be two weeks in length one happening each month a new mystery is going to begin and that is going to be the murder of a beloved character that we will uncover the the death behind um, monthly emporium content new plunder pass and community day uh, so community day was not just something that happened at the end of january uh, that is something that is going to happen with each each season then we move into the next season season seven and season seven launching in june of 2022 is going to give us new ways to play and progress i'm excited for this because this speaks again to them having one season dedicated to new content, having the next season dedicated to new ways to play. Then we get into three new adventures. Again, that's going to be two weeks each during each month of that season. We're going to have ongoing mysteries that will continue to unravel more and more of what's going on, and it will probably continue to uh, delve into the stuff that we've already been teased with, both with Duke and the Dark Brethren Court, as well as uh, Wanda and the stuff going on with Golden Sands Outpost, as well as Flameheart and the potential for Flameheart Jr. coming to the Sea of Thieves, uh, maybe even getting into some other stuff in the future that we haven't really discussed or had a, a, a real kind of set notion on what's going on, especially with with things like the Grand Maritime Union. We will have uh, season seven will bring obviously new monthly Emporium content as well as the new Plunder Pass and another community day. Those last three are gonna be things that we'll see on every single season. So I'll skip out on talking about those uh, for the next two seasons. Then we move into season eight. And season eight is going to launch in September of 2022. This is going to have expanded role play and quest types. So we've already had different quest types uh, with each of the different trade companies. With gold hoarders, we now have vaults. With order souls, we now have fleets. With merchants, we now have uh, the the shipwrecked uh, voyages. And with uh, Pirate Legends, we're going to have the repeatable uh, voyages that are offered there. Uh, Arena is getting shut down, so we don't have anything adding to the Sea Dogs. So the only thing we really have uh, will be tied to Hunter's Call. That'll be the last company that doesn't have any kind of expansion outside of uh, Reaper's Bones. But I think Reaper's is an interesting one because I don't think that because we don't have any actual set voyages, that's harder to actually expand on. But I do think that the role play uh, we'll have some some interesting tells there, uh, ways for us to to kind of talk to people or to uh, set things up. I think they're going to try and make it so that if we want to um, kind of dress our, our own galleons in specific ways or, uh, you know, have unique things, we're going to be given more customization for not only our pirates, but also for our ships as well. I think those are going to be some of the things that we're going to be getting. And I think that might be what the actual um, 
captaincy is going to look like. I think that is their their goal. I think that the idea of of like customizing your ship even more or giving you more opportunities to do stuff with your pirate, uh, expanded role play, maybe interactions with the world or things that you can do on islands, making people walk the plank, uh, you know, swing from uh, uh, swing from like ropes uh, onto other ships, uh, maybe board axes, you know, things that they can do with season seven and season eight where they're adding new ways to play. Uh, and then they're expand, expanding the role play. I think those are the two things that we're going to see kind of out of the season. And then, of course, we're going to be getting three new adventures and ongoing mysteries as well as Emporium content, a plunder pass, and a community day for season eight. Then we get into the last season of 2022 that's going to launch in December. And this, they say they're going to offer new social options for crews. This I'm not too sure about. This seems uh, like a very kind of general spectrum of what they're going to be talking about and that makes sense because this is again like a year away so things are going to uh kind of uh harden or or crystallize like the closer and closer we get to that actual thing right now it's very soft and malleable you're not really sure like what it could be it could shape into anything and new social opportunities for crews to me at least if I had to guess what that would be, I would say that is more in line with what I would expect with custom servers. Uh, new social opportunities to me says, if you want to do something with uh, people in the community, a way to do that would be with custom servers. Custom servers are going to allow for a lot more opportunities for social crews to, or for social groups to do things as crews. Uh, and I think the reason why we're seeing this is uh, we're getting pirate legend content. We're getting sea forts. Those are going to allow for players to do different things and to have an expansion on the pirate legend content that we've been asking for. Then we have season seven, eight, and nine. Season seven gives us new ways to play and progress. Season 8 gives us expanded role play and quest types. And then Season 9 gives all of that a, a place to live in custom servers. So we'll have new ways to play and expanded role play and then a custom server to play around with that. So maybe that's just me kind of looking at, at the end and saying, how do I get there? And then forming this as a way to say like, okay, well the only way that it makes sense for them to have uh, good custom servers, which is something that they've been talking about, I think for about a year and a half now, uh, is for them to really make sure that there's new ways to play and that there's expanded role play and then giving us custom servers to be able to do that. So this is just kind of uh, me talking it through and, and pointing to one thing. It really could be left up to anything. At this point, we really don't know a whole lot, but if I had to take a guess and I had to kind of point at one thing out in the, in the community that that everyone's been talking about that rare has been speaking to uh, that we haven't seen come to fruition yet it is the custom servers they've been kind of on the back burner as they've been trying to work out how seasons are going to work and how those are going to feel and now that i feel like they have a good cadence on their art department on their implementation if they can get server stability down if they can get matchmaking worked out if they can get uh hit registration uh tightened up i think that people will be far more inclined and more open to things like paying for custom servers when next year or when December of 2022 comes around and season nine offers custom servers, especially if we start finding new ways to play and expanded role play along the way. We'll have a lot more reasons and a lot more opportunities for us to really engage with each other in communities on custom servers, especially for things that I would like to do. So 
I, I've been wanting to do um, things with custom servers because I, I think it's a great opportunity for uh, at least the Keelhaul Discord to really kind of jump on, have some fun, do some goofy stuff, and not necessarily have it be something that has to be relied upon getting multiple ships on a server and trying to do that on itself. It's really hard to do that, and it's really not as, as natural or organic as it used to be. So if we're going to do something that's inorganic in nature, then why not have a custom server to do that? We're also working on trying to build out our Sherpa program. Uh, that's something that I've been talking with the, the Sherpas. They've been communicating with themselves. We've set up a, a channel to be able to talk about this. And what we're looking to do is try and build a school system uh, with different grades that pirates who are not familiar with Sea of Thieves, that are not pirate legend, are able to utilize these classes uh, that we're going to be working on building. So you come in with a role as a freshman and and as a freshman pirate, you are going to be going through different uh, classes to learn and, and understand more about Sea of Thieves and get a better bearing for what's going on. You can specialize in certain areas. So if you want to get to know how to sail a ship, rigging, uh, you know, different tactics that you can use in there, where to store stuff, where things are, then you can start off with those classes where they're looking to try and implement some other stuff as far as like PvP and PvE, how to understand tall tales, how to navigate uh, around maps, uh, how to deal with different enemy types, things like that, as well as how to board a ship, how to how to take down a ship, how to uh, manage your inventory, how to make sure you can tell like when is a good time to prioritize different things on the ship as, as you get into battle. So that program is currently being worked on. We're going to be fleshing that out over the next uh, a, a while. We don't really have a set date right now, but as we kind of understand like a little bit more about what we can do, what we can uh, set up, and then who's interested in it, we'll start setting up things like classes and stuff like that that is all, all just something that's going to be made part of the uh, Keelhold community. That's something that the, the Sherpas are going to be heading up, and they're going to be in charge of who uh, helps out with what and who's best to help out with that and try and get people some more information so they're working on that program right now as why well, as i get more information I'll, I'll be sure to remind people uh as much as possible to make sure that you you know to go to the discord if that's something that you're interested in whether you want to help teach people or whether you want to learn more uh right now it's very ramshackle we're just kind of like if people needs it then they get in and do that uh so but i think the the goal of that is is i want to get to a point where the uh the actual community is supporting a custom server so if the server if, if custom servers come out and they have a monthly cost or they have an annual cost or something like that 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 is something that is uh, being taken care of uh, by the community that is then going to end up utilizing it so that way if pirates do want to have uh, ships spawned up to be able to do testing like say you want to get better at cannon shots and arena is no longer a thing but you want to be able to do it in an environment where it's in a controlled environment and you don't have have to worry about uh, other people coming in and taking time away from the people who are just trying to learn or understand more about the game uh, then that is not a problem because of a custom server and if that becomes something that actually happens that's great because it, it, it then kind of leads into the next thing which is them getting out of the custom server getting out of school and getting onto the season having a much better chance of enjoying the game and being good at the game by using the sherpa program 
program and then having more fun so that way the players that are out on the seas in an organic world are getting into better fights with more uh, skilled pirates and it's not either just complete sweat lords who are absolutely just dumpstering on people and talking about them in in chat and having to get reported later on or the completely fresh pirate who just barely figured out how to get off the outpost accidentally queued up for a tall tale has been sailing around in circles trying to spawn a megalodon or a, a kraken for the sake of, of seeing this really cool thing in the game and ending up just getting sunk by a bunch of people who have absolutely no desire to take any of the loot or anything that they have uh, but just like sinking ships because arena's gone so those are kind of the things that uh we're, we're looking to do and i'm hoping that with a year of uh a year of sea of thieves kind of giving us this roadmap is what they're leading towards if not i'm really curious to see what they actually do plan on coming out with uh, because i think whatever they come out with is still going to be very interesting uh, for the rest of the community they haven't released anything that um, i've seen that that is, is really just did not hit well I, I still think everything that they've released this year has been something that has been interesting for the game uh, whether whether some pirates engage with it or not Let's talk uh, about Shrouded Islands. Uh, this is the, the first adventure that we're, we're going to be jumping into, and it's going to deal with Golden Sands Outpost. Uh, the really interesting thing about this is, is something I've mentioned in the podcast already, is it looks absolutely destroyed it looks like a fog has rolled in this mysterious fog has brought with it some spectral activity i'm assuming the soul flame captains that are going to be the new threat in the game uh with the soul flame captains they are going to look like the soul flame costume that we got back in 20 2020 yeah i believe it was 2020's uh, halloween event uh and with these soul flame captains uh it's very interesting to me that we're going to be uh, kind of dealing with them because it seems like they're not part of the sea of the damned normally so i'm curious to know where they're coming from in this aspect uh but lorena is going to be much more animated she's going to be talking to us asking us to do stuff and this really speaks to one of the questions or one of the issues that we had with the game which is that the game doesn't feel as alive as it could npcs don't talk to us they don't wander around and it looks like these are the first steps to giving us that opportunity to see the world kind of come to life to be able to interact with npcs the way that we would interact with each other so i'm looking forward to seeing how well this works out i think that rare does a really good job of immersive storytelling when it comes to their npcs especially when you look at the tall tales and starting those up i know a lot of people tend to throw the dagger down on the tall tale and run off because they don't care about it but the first time you get into these things you usually sit around and experience it and that's something that i think everyone's going to want to do so i think this will be something that gets initiated and uh she won't be bugging you the whole time um because it would be kind of weird every time you're like running in and out of the tavern she's like oh hey hey wait did you did you can i tell you about golden sense no okay all right well i'll just stand here eat mangoes and look pretty so I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be really great. The one thing that I haven't heard anyone talking about this, and it's the one that I keep wanting to bring up, because again, this is going to start on February 17th. So I don't know about you, but if you have an opportunity, I would start working on those Flame Heart commendations, the one where you have to destroy Flame Heart's uh, fleet ship as soon as possible because from what i can tell based on what i heard in the video they seem to be suggesting that when this adventure comes 
Flame Hearts World event will be leaving, not permanently, but for the time. And I don't have confirmation on this, but I do have uh, the clip from the actual video itself. So I want to play the audio for you. I'll let you be the judge of it. You decide if you think that Flameheart is going to be leaving as a world event and we will be getting the adventure. And then as soon as the adventure is done, he may be coming back and you may be able to work on those commendations again. So I'm going to plug it in right here and you tell me what you think. So at this point in time, when the first adventure starts, we'll see that Flameheart has ominously retreated after all of this time in the Sea of Thieves. So yeah, it, just my opinion. If you have to do those uh, Flameheart commendations in the, gosh, what was it? The Order of Souls reputation, go check there. Uh, you can do the, the Captain Skulls from the fleets. You can destroy the fleets uh, or you can destroy the ghost ships with the fleets. The two things that I don't think that are going to be easily done are taking out Flameheart's ship and getting the uh, the, the cursed cannonballs or the, the phantom balls, the, the really big ones with the head. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to get those any other way unless they introduce them in this adventure which if they did i would not be surprised because again there's flame heart commendations that tie to specific things destroying his ship as well as uh the the cannon or the the phantom balls that you get when you do destroy his ship you get that crate and it gives you the flame ones and the regular ones and then the big ones I, I would not be surprised if this was something uh, that was coming to this first adventure because they did talk about there being spectral stuff. And uh, I wanted to take a quick moment to read you guys an idea that I had that I posted uh, way, way back in the day. This is something that I shared with, uh, with, with Mike Chapman. It was an idea that I had that I wanted to um, give to them just as, as a, like a cool idea of what I thought the curse sales event was going to be. Uh, I, it was never anything that got close to what they were planning to do. Obviously, we found out what they were planning to do, but it was one of those things where um, I, I was thinking about what they were going to do in that first year, and I was really excited, and I came up with this these really uh, interesting ideas to at least interesting to me and at that point I decided to text it all to him I sent it in a direct message he was very very kind about it and was willing to sit there and be like oh yeah no that's I appreciate you sharing this uh, and, and nothing ever came from it so I'm, I wasn't too uh, heartbroken about it but it's always been something that was like in the back of my mind this is what I would love to see uh, come come to the actual game so back when uh, the curse sales had come out, I was thinking about how weekly events and stuff could could return as those curse sales events. So this was the idea that I had that I sent to him. Uh, this was sent back on June seventeenth of two thousand eighteen. Uh, so this was called cursed sales weekly event returns. And this was my second idea. Uh, you thought you had bested the cursed pirates captains on the seas, but they're back for revenge. The damned can never be stopped, but you must find a way. The reprise of the Curse Sales weekly event. Outposts have come under attack from vengeful skeleton captains, and they're hitting us where it hurts most, your pockets. With the seas tamed, these captains are now quote-unquote parked at random outposts with ships that you will have to take down so that you can 
quote-unquote make port to rescue the merchants who are fighting for their lives and homes. This will be a single crew weekly event that will challenge crews to take on skeleton ships that have taken over one of the outposts in each of the seas, the ancient isles, the shores of plenty, and the wilds. The cursed ships will begin a barrage of shots at oncoming pirate ships, forcing pirates to make the choice, leave the outpost uh, area and travel to another outpost, or help the vendors under siege and lay waste to the skeletons now inhibiting the, the, out, the outpost. If pirates decide to take up the call to arms and gun down the, the ships, forcing it into a state where the cannoneers are gone, then they can make a landfill and start dispatching the skeletons present till the captain appears to get his revenge. Crews, let's see, where, where was I? Crews will need to defeat the captain, quote, or in parentheses, uh, depending on the crew size, they will need to fight multiple captains, and parentheses, forcing a retreat back to the depths of the sea. Once the day is saved, the merchants will be able to return to their normal lives free from the threats of death besides the ones caused by homemade grog at the local tavern. Pirates will have their, uh, no, what was this? What did it say? Threats of the death caused by homemade grog at the local tavern. Pirates will have their rewards. Uh, there are two ideas for rewards here that provide a chance for pirates to capitalize on taking the risk. Uh, the first reward is the better in my opinion uh, but i can see it being abused more easily any treasure that a ship has on board when defeating the skeleton captain will grant double reputation and double gold when turned in this adds the element of risk to the situation the more you have on you the better reward you'll receive but you can lose it all in a fight and never get a chance to turn in your spoils the second option is directed towards the pirates who don't have anything to turn in, but still want an alternate means of earning reputation. This will be in the form of commendations for each vendor, or no, from each vendor who will reward a percentage. And bear in mind, this was uh, this was pretty early. Yeah, I mean, we're talking June 2018. This was before curse sales and uh, and and. Um, what was it called? Forsaken Shores. Uh, where was I? This this will be in the form of commendations from each vendor who will reward a percentage base of reputation for saving their lives. Uh, this was kind of what we got with the letters of recommendation, now that I think about it. Uh, players can choose the commendations and still turn loot in without the double gold and reputation. The one change during this week will be to open Merchant Alliance quests to allow for alternate outpost locations, each in opposite directions, making sure that people who aren't interested in saving outposts under siege aren't punished by picking Merchant Alliance quests during the weekly event. Spawn locations will take into consideration when outposts are being sieged so that new play or new pirates or pirates logging into a session won't immediately come under fire. So this was this was an idea that I that I sent back to Mike Chapman uh, back in 2018 before we got uh, Bill's Rad Adventures just after we got uh, the Hungering One. I had two other ideas that I shared with him. I'm going to I'm going to keep those under my hat in case that this stuff comes to fruition again but uh this was the idea that i that i that i basically thought was would be really really cool a good way to have like curse sales events kind of redo um now as we look at the year 2022 uh <laughs> golden sands outpost is under siege and the vendors are not there and it is uh incumbent upon us to go uh relieve golden sands outpost of whatever spectral event is going on over there so 
I, I don't know if this is my idea come to light or if other people had this idea as well. I'm sure other people have had this idea. It's not that that hard of a thing to come up with. But if this is this is something that comes to the game, if this is what actually happens, I'll be so happy because it was something that I've wanted for the game for a long time. I've wanted to have more interaction with the actual vendors, more interaction with the outposts. They always seem like a relatively safe place to be for the most part outside of other pirates. And I always thought, you know, when curse sales came in, we got that that banner that got stapled or not stapled, but uh, posted at the outposts, letting know letting us know when. Um, Ship, fleet, ship fleets were going to be active and what crew types they were going to be active of so we knew like where we had to go or when they were going to be active we had to go defeat the fleets uh, back when curse sales first came out and that was always a really cool moment because every time you got to an outpost and you went to go turn in uh, treasure you had to run by these giant posts that had a skeleton on them and it in for a, a good few weeks there it always kind of freaked me out as i ran by because i would always forget that they're there and they would snarl and growl and kind of like the skeleton that's at the reapers uh um, the reapers or the reapers uh, uh, bones uh, emissary table at outposts and it always used to freak me out every time I ran by so I always loved that but that was always something that was something it, it was just a, a moment in time kind of thing so if you missed it you never got a chance to do it but if we're getting something like the the cursed sales weekly event that I that I sent to Mike forever ago uh, in the form of a, a Shrouded Isles adventure, uh, I'll be really happy about that because it sounds so cool. It sounds like such an awesome thing for us to to be able to um, uh, to, to experience. And I'm hoping that that's, that's kind of what happens. I think it'd be really awesome. So um, that that's kind of it for the first thing. Uh, it's it's really exciting to kind of see how things are, are, are progressing. I'm glad that we're seeing the story progressing. So um, going back to the original thought behind, you know, I started kind talking about uh, what what would be coming with shrouded isles again i do i do think that we are going to be losing flameheart i think he's going to be leaving i think it's going to be temporary but i do want to at least let you know right now you should really 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 consider taking some time before the next update or bef before the first adventure starts to try and knock out some of those flame heart fleets everyone talks about how they've done them a, a dozen times so it shouldn't be an issue but I uh, unless they actually bring in some of those cannon crates uh, and, and if they do something like the spectral ships ships uh, parked at the outpost uh, in lieu of the skeleton ships that I that I thought would be a good idea, uh, then that would be a way for you to earn those crates of uh, uh, cannon balls, the, the the phantom balls to be able to um, to be able to use those for those commendations. I, I, I think that would be a really good thing. And, and of course, if the island is is come under fire and you do have to take out the ship it would make sense to have flameheart's uh, flagship be the one that you have to take down to help out with that commendation to try and uh, uh re rejigger or kind of uh, uh, twist a little bit of what is a current world event by making the same commendations uh, available to you through a new type of event so you're you're really kind of uh, uh, putting it on its head, you know, you're kind of flipping it on its head and, and coming up with a new way to get those commendations and keeping things fresh. And, and if that's the case, I really like that. I'm, I'm all for that. Let me have a way to do uh, commendations for a world event that come in a different form, whether it be me having to take on uh, uh, waves and waves of, of skeletons to fight like one or two uh, skeleton lords. But, you know, play around with the idea. Don't make it so that it's, it's just one skeleton lord on there. Make it two skeletons 
skeleton lords with no skeletons uh and we we have um you know some sort of, of thing in the fairy of the damned where uh or, or in the sea of the damned where we we don't take damage but it's just a, a rush against time and, and we're having to stop them from something you know there's there's so many ideas you could come up with to try and remake some of these old events and try and uh freshen them up and still let people work on the commendations or create new commendations that that kind of expand it like we have commendations going to grade five there's no reason why you can't have a another one go up to grade 10 and have like an expansion of that it just depends look at the analytics see what's popular see what people like to finish look at the ones that haven't been finished and start trying to cater uh, uh things to to reshape some of those ones that are less fun or, or less engaged with and try and make those a little more interesting for people to want to engage with it everyone wants to do pirate legend content but there isn't anything really engaging about the current pirate legend content which is exactly why i think they're going about adding these new voyages that will be repeatable non uh non or or, or unique uh repeatable voyages for pirate legends to jump into and explore and have fun with that's exactly what they should be doing with the the content making the game uh, replayable to a point where you aren't feeling like you're doing the same old thing even though it's exactly what you're doing it's the same old thing but it's it's not it's a little twist you know get a little twist in there The last thing that we got as a result of the Sea of Thieves uh, preview event for 2022 was a dive into the newest lore character that is coming to the Sea of Thieves in the form of Bell, Legend of the Deep. This is a character we've talked a little bit about in the past and really has not had an opportunity to shine. Uh, she was, from what I understand, originally in place of Ramses, the pirate lord, when the game was in its early stages of development for unknown reasons. Reasons, maybe story lore, things like that. They decided to move uh, Belle away from that position, and she has been kind of MIA in Sea of Thieves since then. Uh, one of the interesting things about this is that uh, Belle has actually been a statue that they've had at E3 in the past uh, and subsequently moved away from when they brought in uh, Flameheart as well as the Gold Hoarder uh, for subsequent. Or actually, did we get a Flameheart statue? I feel like we did. Maybe we didn't. Maybe it was always the the gold hoarder. I know we had Marco and, and Lissetti, uh, but I can't remember who else was a statue. But regardless, uh, Bell was on a, a Sea of the Damned buoy uh, that they used to kind of introduce her in the video, which I, I love because it's always been that, that feeling of like she's always been this mysterious character who's been on a Sea of the Damned uh, buoy. I remember when the game came out, uh, they always had photos of, of that statue in the lobby at the studio. And I always wondered like who that was because she was never in the game. She was never talked about or anyone knew anything about her. And it wasn't until we found out that her name was Belle that it started to get uh, a little more unraveled. So Belle, Legend of the Deep, is uh, coming to Sea of Thieves. It's, it's really exciting that this is happening. She's coming from the Sea of the Damned. She's wearing a necklace uh, that has the hippocampus that is the creature, the mythological sea horse uh, that is, is part of the fairy uh, of the Damned architecture as well as the Fort of the Damned. Um, it's, it's not a typical hippocampus that I've seen in like Greek mythology where... Uh, it is is just an actual horse this is an undead one and it has a a, a unicorn uh a horn for for some reason so 
It, it's not exactly like a, a typical hippocampus that you would see in, in most aspects, but uh, based on the figurehead description, um, when you actually get the Fairy of the Damned figurehead, uh, it does actually refer to the creature as a hippocampus. So for all intents and purposes, uh, anytime you see the the uh, undead seahorse with the, the unicorn, uh, you, you can just assume that that is uh, something to do with the Sea of the Damned and whatever creature or, or person is tied to that is either either a specter or a phantom or uh, a revenant, which if you're not sure what the revenants are, the revenants actually are described in the Sea of Thieves uh, books from the RPG books. Uh, so if, you, if you've if you been playing the RPG or if you bought them on theirs, uh, in, in the actual book, it speaks to uh, the the mysterious strangers, uh, both Gloria and, um, uh, oh gosh, what's, what's his name, George? I think it's George. Uh, it speaks to them as um, revenants, which are, are, are bodies inhabited by spiritual beings that are not the they may actually be the original bodies but they may not be the original bodies as well too but uh bell has the glowing eyes which is is the the pirate legend curse which we don't have a way to get in the game since the season that it came out with uh but she has the glowing eyes very much like the mysterious strangers in the taverns and thus is is assumed to be a revenant uh, from the Sea of the Dam. So it'll be interesting to see what role she plays. It seems like uh, she will definitely be playing the part of protagonist, which I'm very excited for. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing like what is going to happen with her. Um, she feels very much like a Mary Poppins to me, to the point where I even memed it as her kind of floating into the Sea of the Thieves uh, uh, using one of the the actual um what's it called one of the, the the actual covers of the movie for for mary poppins i went and changed it and added bell and flameheart and little candles and changed the tone and stuff and made my own little version of mary poppins with bell legend of the deep uh floating in to save the day and I'm, I'm i'm welcome to that you know it seems like we've got some great introduction with some of these original characters like arthur pendragon is a, a great addition to the to the world i really love him in the sense uh wanda the warsmith or, or the the warsmith has uh, proven to be a very great character to to try and push forward this this narrative of of evil. Uh, Flameheart has always been looming, but has has always hasn't quite fit his role quite yet. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Bell uh, shapes up. It's it's nice to have someone that we can look forward to beyond just the normal uh, pirate legend or pirate lord uh, Ramses himself. It'll it'll be nice to have someone to kind of talk to uh, about other stuff and see. If she is someone as a revenant who can exist in the world beyond just the pirate legend tavern or near when, uh, like, for example, in the video, we got to see the the veil of ancients uh, or, or the the mask that, that you put the little gemstones in, uh, having that as a way to have Ramses be connected to the world outside of the pirate legend tavern, uh, as well as um, like, for example, the, the maiden voyage is a very magical laden area. Uh, it has the wreck of the magpie's wing, which is uh, uh, some of the reasons why uh, the pirate lord is able to uh, be on that island for a certain amount of time while he's kind of introducing pirates to the Sea of Thieves and stuff. But uh, without the the Veil of Ancients, it doesn't seem like he's able to be around outside of the Pirate Legend Tavern. As Belle is a revenant, it, it kind of it, I kind of push to the idea that she will be able to move around the Sea of Thieves uh, with the necklace of the hippocampus being the way that is tying her soul to uh, the Sea of the Damned while also being able to maintain some sort of uh, kind of a, a form in the Sea of Thieves. So 
um that, that's kind of the the like how i have to explain things a way to understand like what what we're seeing and why we're able to see it and kind of work it out i always love it when uh rare can kind of take us on uh, a bit of a story a lore uh thing to kind of explain this hopefully this is something that is actually explained in game i know caleb really cannot read so i, I worry if this is something that is used as external uh expanded universe in like some of the novels or, or if more comic books come out i really hope they explain this in game so that people getting to meet bell outside of uh keeping up with the lore or listening to a podcast or watching a video uh will find out who she is and why she's going to be important to the sea of thieves uh and not leave it to something like caleb not being able to read so i'm really excited for that as as you can imagine and i'm looking forward to getting into that we're, we're uh, 10 days away we're a week away basically uh from being able to to find out more about this adventure and i'm looking i'm really really excited to see that There's not too much else to really dive into with this video. Uh, it was a 20 minute video and I managed to talk about it for over an hour. So, uh, you know, kudos to, to my ability to, to wax uh, poetic about things and, and just keep talking about them, even though I don't really need to, but uh, I think that's going to do it for this. We've got the uh, February 11th podcast episode. The uh, adventure begins on February 17th. Season six kicks off on March 10th. Arena is closing on March 10th, and I would expect Flameheart to go away on the 17th of February. Uh, there's no news right now as far as if there's going to be any Golden Glory or Twitch drops coming up in the near future. So always keep your eye out on the social media spots for those or in the Discord when you see the posts go live for those uh also i'm trying to think if there's anything else i can't think of if there's anything else really going around right now that you would need to be aware of so I'll leave it at that, Pirates. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. You can reach out, reach out to me over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always write into the to the uh, podcast at the email C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com for the podcast. If you want to write your stories and stuff, I'll be happy to read those out on the podcast. Uh, if you want to talk with us or the rest of the Keelhauled community, the Discord is always available. You can always join the Discord and say hi to everyone as we kind of work things out with the Sherpa program and things like that and if you have time and it, and it matters to you it does matter to me head over to spotify and rate us at five stars or head over to itunes and give us a five star rating and a review uh, all of those are, are great ways to help kind of uh, make sure that sea of thieves podcasts are are kept up to date with accurate reviews of people how they feel about it what's going on and stuff like that um, and again, if you have any questions or, or, or feelings or things like that, feel free to share them with me. Um, I don't always do stuff that, that folks request uh, or, or suggest to me because I have a very set uh, idea of what I would like to have things happen with the show and things like that. But I'm always open to suggestions and willing to have uh, anyone share their ideas with me and stuff. So hopefully, Pirates, uh, you enjoyed this episode. I had a really good time digging through this this video. It was something that I've been wanting to do for a bit uh, and, and make sure that I give you guys some, some in-depth analysis on, on what we got uh, and, and talk about some of the theories that I think are coming that I haven't seen really bounce around too much. So Pirates, with that, thank you. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember... Keep your goose loose. Hey, Simone. Yes, Chad. What would you say is your favorite bad movie? Oh, where would I start? But probably at Zombie Strippers. Oh, yeah, which we've actually done on our podcast, Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. This is a podcast where we take some of the worst movies ever created, and even some of those movies that you might have thought were brilliant, but still got a bad critic score, and we say nice things about them, because you know what? Someone put the effort in, so we're gonna be there fighting in their corner. Absolutely, Chad. Even if the movie was total garbage, there are some makeup artists that gave it their all, and we're here to recognize that. Exactly. And with really fun themes every week, such as National Treasure Week, Weddings Week, uh, movies with Jeremy Irons and dragons in them, How could you go wrong by joining us every Tuesday and Thursday for some optimism in your life? And like we say at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye!